Hi, I'm Andrew Smith, and this is Practical Life Philosophy, a podcast about mainly millennials uh, with high-stress jobs and how we are struggling through them. My guest today is Scott Dunn. Hello, hello. Scott, so you're an indie film producer. I like to call myself an indie filmmaker because on the last two feature films, which is you know what I've done so far, um, I, I was writer, director, actor, editor, and that's what I'm enjoying doing right now. And um, yeah, but you know, when I was growing up, I mainly started, I was really just like making my own movies with my friends and, and um, I'm sure we'll talk about that yeah. down the line here too. But yeah, yeah, I, the long-winded answer is yes. That's good. Yeah, we'll talk about your stuff more in detail later. So what's like, so I know you've been in Los Angeles for a long time and you're natively from Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you've been there for a long time and maybe you haven't had, you know, conventional, you know, multi-million dollar success or whatever that a lot of people think of when they think of glamorous Hollywood, but you've stuck it out. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Oh man, uh, you know, a chemical imbalance, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's so many things. And yeah, I, I can confirm that the multi-million dollar thing has not happened. However, I've learned that, um, I've learned that you have to define what success is to you. And I started lining up what, what success would mean to me. I used to generically think, okay, I'm going to be Tom Cruise. Okay. You know, and, and I'm going to, uh, that's the lifestyle, but I never thought about what, what is it that actually gives me joy? Uh-huh. And I started realizing, um, you know, first of all, I came out to California to only pursue acting, which well, is strange because, you know, I, I, when I was growing up, I did so much more than that. You know, I'd put uh-huh. these productions together, edit it together, direct it, you know, write it. And I was doing only one fraction of that. And so I started becoming very unhappy. I was on a Disney show for a little bit, which was, you know, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, is, is this the peak of my success? I hoped not. But um, in about 2015, I started realizing, why don't I just go back to what I love doing, which is making movies uh, the way I used to. Mm-hmm. And so success to me now is, you know, I, I made two movies, um, Schlepp and then now my, my latest one, Mandeo of the Dead. And I'm the happiest I've been. So to me, success is like, I'm happy. I'm doing something I love. Yeah. And I think there's room to grow on it too. Well, yeah, no, I, I feel that because for me, like I, I work a normal job and, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that goes, but you know, side projects, whatever, for me, it's all about progress. Like I, I define it as, you know, do I enjoy what I'm working on? You know, yeah. it used to be, I, and I think you're like this too. It used to be, I would just pick projects based on, do I think it will be financially successful? And mm. if so, I'll burn myself out. I don't care. I'll work hard now and get therapy when I'm done problem is I will burn out and I get older. That's way harder to deal with. And also it's just not fun. I don't know if you deal with any of that or that's still how you look at things or. Yeah, I think that's well said. And yeah, definitely. It's a, it's an unrealistic, it's an, I mean, it can be an unrealistic thing to aim for because at the end of the day, if you're not doing something that really makes you want to get up in the morning, it's just, I don't know, I guess where I stand is it's not worth it. Yeah, because I mean, you can do it for a while because there's a whole like persistence versus like burning yourself out because you definitely need to be persistent mm-hmm. if things suck. But like after a while, it, it's just, well, wait, why are you working on something you don't want to work on? Right. Oh, like, yeah. how, how do you 
identify that moment? How do you know whether it's worth it to keep pushing through? Yeah. What I like about what you're doing is you've kind of taken a big step back, if I understand correctly, where a lot of people would go the conventional route in the movie industry of like applying for different things, like applying or going to casting calls to be an actor or sending your movie out to big producing shows or trying to talk to investors to get backing or, you know, um, you know, movie film festivals, whatever, basically, you know, gatekeepers. But it yeah. seems like now you've kind of said, well, I don't know if that's that that whole route might be saturated or man, you're kind of going about it like, you know, starting from the fundamentals, you have a quality product. How can you market it to people and like basically, you know, forget the gatekeepers? I, I love I love this this uh, topic because I, what I've seen when I was just doing the acting thing and denying the rest of my talents, I had a chance to really see what everyone else was doing. And, you know, what I see a lot of people doing is that, like you said, uh, they're doing the audition route and they're like, man, I can't wait till someone sees something in me. And getting discovered. Me- yeah, yeah, getting yeah. discovered, yeah. Oh, I know. It's like this long line and I'm like, you know, there's a back door too that no one's trying to get in. And, you know, I, to me, it's not that I, I want to live in obscurity, but I do, I think it starts with uh, honing your craft and um, taking a different route. And also there's a power to doing something that you feel joy doing something. And, you know, I'm noticing that with Mandeo of the dead, that uh, the passion I felt and the team felt as we were making it, I noticed that, that, that passion seems to be spilling out to strangers now. And, and like you said, I mean, like the thing is, no, I don't want to send it to another producer right now. I made this movie for on a micro budget around 13,000 for production. And no, I don't want to send it to a producer. I, I want to produce it myself. We have social media. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, it, I want niche marketing. I want to find the people that enjoy this type of movie instead of trying to hit some sort of four quadrant, you know, deal. I want to, I want to find people who dig what I'm putting down in. And there's billions of people in this world. And I think, I think if even, mm-hmm. even if I get a fraction of that, I will be very happy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, you know, I'm definitely biased, but I see your Mandeo of the Dead movie and I kind of compare that to Schlepp. And I just think like, was that maybe a year in between filming those mm, two? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I just see so much. It just seems like Mandeo of the Dead is so much higher quality. Like, I don't know what you did in between those two movies, but I, I was feeling Mandeo of the Dead, like, you know, production quality, script, you know, dialogue, whatever. It, that was high quality. You know, I can't I like, appreciate it. I can't crap on Schlepp. But I mean, it's I, I saw a big a big difference, and I don't know. Like for me, if I'm working on something like that, I see that progress, and then I start to see the same things you are, which is you know, ra- like you have people like in random states buying your VHS. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, what you created a VHS tape, right? Yes, yes. Uh, from scratch, you know, we we took the poster and put it on, made our own little uh, uh, VHS cardboard, and and you know, literally put the movie onto uh, a cassette tape or well, cassette. Do you call it cassette? Or do you I don't even it? know. Who well, knows? Yeah. But, yeah. But, people were buying it, which I was very surprised. Yeah. Let, let me pause there. Cause can you, in like two sentences or, or whatever, what is Mandeo of the Dead about and kind of why does that fit into the VHS or merchandise thing? Okay. Mandeo of the Dead is about a guy named Jay Mandeo who uses astral projection to travel back in time and save his friends and, and some some other people. It's it's a fun time travel comedy uh, with some horror elements in there. And I think the VHS uh, element of it fits really well because it has this kind of fun 
mm-hmm. I don't know, 80s vibe, sort of. You know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm influenced by the 80s and 90s. And you, as you know, the VHS mm-hmm. thing was, was vibrant around then. Um, yeah. and, and I also think that people love nostalgia right now. And so um, we sold, by the way, we sold out in two days. And that's pretty good for, a, you know, a, an indie movie that, that no one had heard of at that point, really. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, I was kind of surprised myself, though, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was really cool. Um, I, yeah, I kind of saw that process. That was, it's something that I don't get to experience that often that, like, you know, you kind of put yourself out there, create something, and you're successful. Um, you know, not huge success, but just having people like say, yes, it's cool. I am much more familiar with the make something, put myself out there and then get smacked down, which is kind of why <laughs> I, I hate outreach. But um, yeah. I think, hey, I like that you're I, I like that you talk about that, though. And you 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 talk about the smackdown because the smackdown, <laughs> the smackdown I can relate to so much anyway. And I'm sure that there will be more smackdowns coming, you know, and uh, but I have noticed that like getting smacked down and then sticking with it is, uh, I guess it's a personal badge of honor. I think we were talking about it earlier and I'm like, what's the next thing you want to fail huge at? Yeah. As, as long, <laughs> as long as you try your very, very best and you fail really, really hard. I think that, you know, there actually might be some benefits to well, that. Yeah. Cause then you can look at it in terms of expected value, right? Or how many years do you have left? Right. Like or yeah. how many productive years do you have left? And it's like, okay, so you can take a shot now um, or you can like kind of just stay with the status quo. And it's like, you know, you definitely won't really lose much by staying with the status quo. And it's really scary to take a big shot. Like, I mean, you know, I, I had to start at that close in 2013. Like I went all in on that, um, lost a lot of time and money. Um, Fuse Gap is the name of the, the startup. And like, do I regret it? No. I mean, it took a major shot, went all in, but it's, I don't know. It's, I, I don't really see any other way of living, I guess, mm. where I don't know, maybe I was just born that way or I don't know that, if you have any thoughts. Or... Maybe, yeah, maybe in a different life, you were a, uh, uh, a warrior of some sort, like I'm going all in. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's actually very, very inspiring. Um, I, I agree. You know, I think sometimes like, I think at the end of my life, on my deathbed, am I really going to look back and regret that I tried my best at something? And I think the answer usually is no. I'm not going to regret that. I'm going to be. I'm going to look back and be like, man, I should have done more of that. Yeah. As, as yeah. do a lot of people. Yeah, it's. And yeah, if you look at it just like a, an expected value standpoint, right? Maybe throwing some numbers out there. Let's say you know you have a 5% chance of, you know, let's say what you're doing goes well, you make a franchise out of Mandela the Dead, whatever, maybe, you know, it's worth $100 million, like, okay, so 5% chance, so maybe, you know, $5 million of expected value, but with huge variance, right? It's like, you just have no idea how likely, like, or if you'd have to have run parallel lifetimes to see how many times you hit that 5% of it actually happening. And again, I don't know what the prior, the, the um, probabilities are, but it's like, yeah, but at the same time, that expected value is way better than like, what else would you be doing? Like being what, like an, a production assistant or, so, or something? Like what, what else, you know what I mean? Like, okay, maybe you make some money, but would you actually enjoy that? Like, would you be able to be happy with what you're doing, even if you can maybe pay the bills a little bit better? Yeah, I kind of am incapable of playing that. Like I, I just, I'm, I'm, I get too high off of the, the fact that I get to create my own work and work with people that I love. And, and if we can backtrack real quick, um, how you brought up Schlepp and the growth from Schlepp to Mandeo, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I think that's a great compliment. And you know, that what, what brings that home is that I had a lot of the same, I had the same crew behind the camera, um, as Schlepp. And I think that, uh, what people are a little bit taken aback by Schlepp because it's like, wow, I don't know. It's like this guy goes to the desert and he tries to get back with his girlfriend. You know, like it's very, it's very down home. But you know, I, I wanted to. The thing about perseverance is that that movie took me three times to to finish. Like I, I started by going to Illinois and and um, and shooting with family and friends there. Mm-hmm. And I underestimated the whole process and I failed so miserably. You know, I didn't even have a sound guy. I didn't have a mm-hmm. camera guy. Well, I, I hired a friend of mine to mm-hmm. come and shoot it. He does weddings. But yeah, I remember looking at the footage after like a couple of days and I was like, wow, oh, we're screwed. I can't use this. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went back home to California with my, with my tail between my legs. Mm-hmm. But, but Gina and I were like, we can't, if we give up, we're going to really regret this. So we, we geared up again got a you know an LA crew and LA actors and we went to Arizona because I don't know part of me wanted to run away from California I think uh so we went to Arizona and shot for 12 days and I mm-hmm. came back and, and and you know I I learned some things I got crew so that's good I learned something but I didn't really write a script out I did an outline mm-hmm. all right and so we I came back and edited the picture together and I I realized oh shit I I can't I don't want to use this I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like what I'm seeing. So again, I called that same casting crew and I was like, all right, guys, we have, we have some minor reshoots, which basically meant 90% of the movie. And I didn't really tell them that. I just said, uh, we have some reshoots. So we went to the desert for four days, shot there, shot a couple more days in California. And that third try is the movie that uh, Schlepp is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I'm just thankful that like, we stuck with it. That's what that movie means a lot to me because of like just the story behind the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, but with Mandeo, I learned a lot. So by, by the time Mandeo came around, I, I was a little more prepared. I wrote the script out, was very prepared with rehearsals and, uh, you know, was better at directing and, and things like that. So I'm, I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for Fuse Gap, like we built something big and like, we're going to do a big launch and it's just, we launch and there's a whole bunch of nothing. Like, and I kind of, I I could feel it going into it where it's like, you know, because Fuse Gap, it was a social, um, educational kind of political startup. The the, uh, mission was to make it cool to be informed where we try to make it, you know, you could play little games with your friends and learn different facts about political issues and see who knew more facts. Mm. Um, great mission. We were not able to execute most of that falls on me. Um, but, you know, it's, I could just feel it coming a long time where like, you know, my story doesn't have a happy ending like yours, yours kind of does. But uh, I just saw that we put some, put some together, just the graphics, the website, when we were launching, I just knew it was not up to par with what other sites would have. And um, I don't know, do, doing all that, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Contrast that with your story, if you're able to kind of bounce and move on to uh, really build on that from Andeo the Dead, for me, I just kind of, I don't know, went into a pretty bad depression for a couple of years and you know, now, now I'm doing okay, but yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's because your story is still going, you know, it's like that's true. Your, your story is not done. Well, that's not how it felt then. It felt like right. man, that I, I went for it. I went big and then I went home and like, oh man. Then. Are, were, were you, so were you more, you were more optimistic when you went out? Oh, I was extremely, like, I was like, oh, oh. we're going to get so much help. People are going to love our mission. And people, there was a lot of lip service and like, oh yeah, it's great. And then, okay, well, 
than silence and crickets. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's. I th I think it's great that you're 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 talking about that because that's that's just to bring it back. Like I I remember. I mean, that's kind of sounds like the story. You know, it's funny that what you do and what I do are alike, like at the opposite ends of the spectrum, but I feel like there's a lot of similarities. Like going out somewhere with a lot of enthusiasm, thinking, you know, at, like how I felt. I thought, oh man, you know, no problem. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be as, uh, I'm going to be the biggest movie star in the world, Andy. It's mm -hmm. going to be great. And I went out there, I was like, and I guess I didn't fall on my face, but I certainly, you know, uh, it was an eek. I thought it was going to be a, a, a roar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It took me till I went out there in 2011, and then my first thing was a, a Disney thing in, in 2013. So, you know, a lot, a lot of finding my way and, and getting depressed and feeling like, wow, wow you know, yeah. And to be clear, neither of us are past that yet. Like we are definitely both still working through, like we, we have not arrived. No, 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 no. Yeah, the arrival cool. has not happened yet, but no. the, the, I think just, I think what you could call this is the course correction, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't even know where the arrival is. Yeah. I, I don't either. I mean, as long as you're still upright, still fighting, I guess. So. That's hey, that we have that. I know we have yeah. that and barely yes. that by the way. Well, yeah, do do the best we can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> along that line. So, um, in terms of like you know struggles or mental challenges or roadblocks, whatever, I have an idea of what I've been struggling with this week. Um, what have you been struggling with? Or I can go first. Or yeah, yeah. If uh, go first, go first. Yeah. So, well, the biggest thing I was struggling with this week is um, actually creating this podcast so um oh. it's just so much hassle and like right before we talked i was looking into all the steps that have to be taken all the technical stuff and it seems like this podcast technology is maybe 10 years behind like it's ridiculous they're saying it's still mandatory to have an rss feed like are you kidding me that term was coined like 15 years ago and that's still mandatory like and then there's all these different sites of things you have to do and different distributors and all that crap and like oh my gosh i hate dealing with that stuff because that <laughs> that way of thinking like the playing by other people's garbage rules and navigating their other stuff. Like not that anyone is doing anything wrong. It's just playing by other people's rules, playing their games is so different than being an entrepreneur. Like th all these things that you're playing, all these things I mentioned, you can't win. You can only not lose. Like it's like when you're calling your health insurer or at the pharmacy or talking to a cable company, you cannot win. There is no situation that you win. It's only a question of how little can you lose. Like, and it takes so much energy to navigate all their little garbage rules, whatever, and play their little stupid games. They know, you know, that they, they know you have to. And like, it's just so exhausting to me. It's, it's the opposite of being an entrepreneur. And it's like, I know you have to deal with that. It's just, man, that's so draining to me. And it's a personal weakness I have. When I look at that stuff, I just dread it so much. And then it's like, ah, I find so many reasons and excuses to not do it and procrastinate and whatever. And, but yes, yeah, so that's what I was struggling with this week. And here, here we are. So doing the, doing the best I can take baby steps where like you and I were talking right before this, like, well, this podcast episode, it's not really going to be a high quality episode, but uh, it's going to be way better than nothing. Yeah, that's very true. So. That's very true. And I think it's interesting that you, you felt like you struggled. W when did you first get the idea to do the podcast? Like, I mean, it's, it, it's just, I've just heard about it from different places. Like I already have a little blog where I write some ideas of different, you know, mental struggles I'm going through, how I'm trying to deal with it, any progress I'm making. Then I just hear other people doing podcasts and blogs. And I've actually been reaching out to some people who I think their podcasts are really cool. And they've actually gotten back to me, which is kind of cool. Um, but 
yeah, so I was just thinking, well, for the type of stuff I'm trying to talk about, it's way, way easier to talk about it during a podcast or interview than to write it down with just one person. You know, right. just the kind of, like it's, and the other thing is, you know, the kind of people I'd be interested to reaching out to to do more podcast stuff is like, you know, entrepreneurs or co-founders where it's like, okay, but what we're talking about, it's not probably the thing they're used to talking about. We're not talking about like promoting their business or whatever. Like, yeah, we'll do that. But it's more about from the personal side, what are you struggling with? What am I struggling with? How are we getting through it? Like, what's the human side of what you're trying to do? Yeah. And how do I convey that in written text? Because I guarantee from a tech co-founder standpoint, they don't see that. They're just like, wait, what are you talking about? Are you high? Like, why? What makes you think that we'd be interested in this? Like, they're all they're more interested in the investors, the journalists, the what can we do to seem completely confident? You know, we are going forward. We are going to the moon. We are doing great stuff. I know exactly what I'm doing. We are doing great. There are no weaknesses here. And then there's me saying, well, yeah, but what about the human side? Like, what what are the actual real struggles that we all go through but no one talks about? And maybe it's very therapeutic to talk about them. Like, how do I convey all that in an outreach email? <laughs> and I dig that, that you're talking about that side, because there's there's going to be times where the AI is taking over, uh, and that's going to come eventually. I'm being tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, like, that could totally happen. Yeah. Um, so at the as for now, let's let's focus on human things, thankfully. Um, and, like, and, and the thing – oh, first of all, here's a question I, I was thinking. As we're doing this podcast right now, are you – dressed up or are you in your like pajamas <laughs> I'm, in my, I'm in my uniform uh black sweatpants black t-shirt yes okay good because i'm i'm just in my boxer shorts hey. um all right and uh you know <laughs> oh i know yeah, i just think you should know that um thanks okay now what am i struggling with lately yeah um i'm struggling with you know right now visibility it, it's it's okay but as you said i don't have millions of dollars uh, or even hundreds of thousands of dollars you know what i'm even i don't even have like too many thousands of dollars to do the yeah. things i i want to do with mandeo however i'm still doing it and mm -hmm. um but i'm struggling with like how do you get my goals are pretty small okay right now i want to make this a an indie franchise think about it man like the first mandeo costs like 13000 for production which is if you ask anyone in the in the film industry that's like wait a second what do you know how many people are making like short films for that if not more i saw that there was like a short film that cost like 50,000 recently i'm like mm -hmm. why like what what why does yeah. that cost that much i mean i could have made two movies with that maybe yeah. i actually agree probably yeah and well yeah and mandeo is a feature length not a short yeah. film right yeah. right exactly yeah it's a feature film that we shot in in uh, 9 days with one day extra for pickups and, um, and so, and no, no one's coming to the rescue, Andy, no one is coming to the rescue and that's okay with me because, and this isn't just like fake positivity. It's just what I've learned. If I want to make my movies and not sit around crying about it, I have to actually just go and make them for very, very cheap. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be making the sequel this year for like pretty much the same amount of money as last time, maybe a couple thousand more. And, mm -hmm. and it's actually more ambitious, but I'm struggling with like, how do you keep going? I want to bring in much more money. I, I want to bring in more money than, than I am. I want to, I want this to go bigger and I want to, I want this to, I want to have more followers. I want, is it so hard to ask this to be a, a cult following, a, a cult movie, Andy? Is it <laughs> <No>. hard? <laughs> uh, it, it shouldn't be. You, I mean, you know how I feel about it. So it's just yeah. like, man, there's, how, how do we, how do we get through the noise? 
Yeah, well, we just keep doing it. I, I'm yeah. impressed with you. The fact that you're like, shit, I don't want to, I don't want to make this podcast. I want to, <laughs> but I don't want to. But here we are talking about it. I you guess. in your uniform, and I'm in my uh, my my skivvies. Yeah. So yeah, let's keep it to the struggle side. So like, mental health, specifically depression, anxiety amongst millennials, an issue that is near and dear to both of us, either because of personal experience or other people we see going through it but mainly personal experience. Why do you think there's such a stigma of people talking about it, both in terms of how it's affecting like society, our generation, or how it's affecting us personally? Like, why are people so scared to talk about it? Because it's the age of social media and you don't see a lot of people, maybe a couple of times, but you don't see a lot of people picture posting pictures of them like looking super depressed <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, after like here, here I am after sleeping for 13 hours and not showering in five days. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so tired still. Yeah. Um, or, or, yeah. Like not, not exactly. Or I don't want to kill myself, but I wouldn't mind if I stopped existing. Hashtag LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Fight the tears. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> why I think, I think social media is, uh, there's actually been studies about this. Like, uh, it's all fake guys. Like everyone, anyone who's listening, you know, maybe there's one person who's like listening to this right now. Okay. That social media thing is not real. Well, it's yeah. The way, the thing that I think that, yeah, a lot of studies show that you will be more depressed if you engage with social media or n yeah. not will, but almost like very strong correlation there. I think a lot of it is because you are posting your highlight film on social media. That's what you're doing. Highlight if you're, film. Yeah, if you're consuming social media, you're viewing other people's highlight film and comparing it to your entire life. And you can't win. Like you you cannot win that way. Like you, you your average life will never beat someone's highlight film. And it's not just one other person's highlight film, it's the highlight films of all the people you're following. Yeah. Like, all you can do is just say, Man, you're gonna naturally compare yourself. That's what we do as humans. And what we're finding is that just doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't feel good at all. In fact, I here's okay, pet peeves and and the struggle of all this, like seeing people who are like, you know, seeing someone like give a homeless person food, I'm like, you know how much better that would have been if you just put the freaking phone down and gave it to him and said, you know, maybe asked a question or two and you know what, didn't post it. Can, can you imagine, can you imagine how much like the world could go on? Like, like there's so many at the end of a lot of these people's lives and maybe I'm guilty. Um, at the end of these people's lives, it's going to be like, I don't even remember that. I have video of it, but I don't even remember doing it. Yeah, it's, yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of the other reason that people are very hesitant, especially to talk about their own mental struggles, especially in America, is we all have to be alpha male. If you're a woman, you all have to be like, you know, strong, independent, and like, you can't show weakness. Like, as much as people love to say, be vulnerable, say how you really feel, and then you say how you really feel, like, oh, not like that. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to take this moment right now. I'm scared. I'm scared of failing. I'm scared that all this little uh, taking a stand and making my own little franchise and doing what I say I'm going to do. I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to fail very, very hard and that I'm going to be looked at as like I can't provide for my wife and I. I'm, gonna, I, I'm afraid that I'm going to look like a joke. I'm afraid that um, I'm afraid that I'm going to have to go do something I don't like. And I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to want to stop existing. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's like, think of that, which is how a lot of us probably feel. I never saw that in a LinkedIn profile. 
Yeah, dude, dude, that should be your that should be your profile description. Like that's yeah. uh, I'm gonna do that after this. The, yeah, the recruiter emails just flood in afterwards. Like, oh, this guy. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, but that's how a, a ton of us feel. Like millennials as a generation, like all these stressors, like financial, educational, health wise. Like you don't need to get into all that now, but there are a lot of um, objective headwinds that we face that do lead to more stressors. And like, man, yeah, it, it's tough. And but and I feel like you know talking about it is huge. That's kind of a big reason I try to actually write some posts on my site or like do a podcast or just talk to different people, run a support group, because I think talking about it's very helpful. Um, also, I'm extremely like introverted and like socially isolated. So me talking to people is very good for my mental health anyway. So that, that right there, that right there, I, I struggle with that too, Andy, like the isolation and, and like, it, it, it can be like, it can be, you know what, personally, I I it, I get I get this kind of anxiety when I when I hear oh okay well we're gonna go out to eat and you know or hey uh, I there's going to be a get together and do you want to come instantly I get this like ping like I don't know this uh, this little feeling like I get hot and I'm like oh uh like that's like almost always unless I really really know the people. So how do you handle that? And I that? think, I hope that there are other people who can relate to that because I get this socially. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel that. So what do you, how do you deal with that? Oh, I, here's what I have to do sometimes. If it's not my close, close family, I just pretend like it's not a problem or I figure out a way to not do it. Or um, if it is like close family or friends, I'm, I'm like, I, a lot of times I find myself figuring out a way to get out of it, yeah, which, which it's, it, that's hard. It, it's hard to admit, but it's like, it's true. Well, and yeah, it's, and for, for me, I don't know if there's a greater feeling than being signed up for a social event and then it getting canceled. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. Like I, I kind of have something coming up soon where I'm like, man, I hope that, I hope something happens and that we don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but I think it's important. I I think it's important to bring this up because it's like I I don't feel good about that, but it's 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 there. Well, yeah, it doesn't play well on Instagram. Actually, maybe it will. No, no, it won't. I mean, it will if you're Kevin Love or like if you already have a hundred. Oh, he's the NBA player for the Cavaliers. Like he he's open one of the major celebrities opened up about depression. So like yeah, if you already have like thirty million followers, you can talk about it. But what about the rest of us? Well, yeah, he could eat macaroni and cheese, and, and <laughs> yeah, and be oh, yeah. and be oh, <laughs> so innovative, so so deep. <laughs> and you know that the way he cooked the macaroni and cheese, he's trying to say something about our generation. I guess. Yeah. No, I know. I, I but you know, it's it starts on the lower level sometimes. Hey, you and I are are speaking about it, and it feels uncomfortable, you know, admitting that. I want to pretend like, yeah, I'm up for anything. No, I'm not up for anything. I'm, you know, I'm going to be hesitant, but. You know, well, I'll... <laughs> yeah. And then for me, it's like, I, I go through the same thing. It's like, well, I know I need to be talking to more people, but I don't like talking to people. But when I talk to people, it feels good, but that I still dread it. So should I like force myself to do more things? Okay. But am I going to burn myself out socially or how much energy is that taking? Like my energy has peaks and valleys at certain times a day. Like, especially if I schedule an interaction or something, when am I going to schedule that? It's just all that puts together. And you know how I deal with that stuff, which is not well. So I end up just not wanting to talk to anybody. So. But so what do you, what do you, what do you do? Like, what are you going to, 
What do you do about oh, man. that? I, I don't know. I don't know if I have a good answer. It's, it's definitely a work in progress. I mean, I will yeah. say, if, you know, t- talking to more people like on this podcast, well, hey, that's a great conversation to have because uh, you know, especially do it daily. Yeah, there you go. Fulfill your social quota. But who knows? That's I'm good. just I'm just as likely to never do another episode again. So we'll see. Hey, I, I was on the first and possibly last episode. So uh, hey, man, quit, on, quit while you're on top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For, so for finding you on Twitter, I think you have some Twitter profiles. I'll try to link that in the show notes. I don't even know what that means, but I hear other podco- podcast hosts say that. So I guess I'll say that too and try to figure out how to do that. But yeah, we'll put, try to put links to your social profiles. I appreciate that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, for Mandeo of the Dead. at It's at Mandeo Movie. And then my Twitter handle is at Scotty Dunnit, S-C-O-T-T-Y-D-U-N-N-I-T. And you can watch Mandeo of the Dead right now on Amazon Prime, iTunes, and Vimeo. You can rent or buy. So stream now, guys. Oh, oh, but, you know, uh, a, a show that you like, Andy, that I do once in a while. It's called Jaded Actor. I have I love that show. Up. Yeah, I love thank that show. you. Thank you. Um, I'll be doing more of that and putting more videos on that channel. So look me up on YouTube, Scotty Dunn. Okay, you'll see a, a brooding picture of me in black and white. Um, and that'll be me. So take a look at my stuff on there. Yeah, very good. Yeah. All right. Well, good talk. Good talk. All right, Mr. Smith. All right. That's it. Thank you for listening. I'm Andrew Smith, and this is Practical Life Philosophy.